Fear and doubt, like lack of self-belief, not believing that you can or, or those things. That's probably one of the most common sort of mental games that um, holds us back or um, limits us from our full potential. Um, how does how does one go about overcoming their own limiting beliefs about themselves? Like they think, okay, well, no, I can't do that. Everybody thinks they can't do everything, it seems, these days. Like, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because of what I do for a living. But um, I'm just surrounded by an audience of people that have real limiting beliefs um, and I, I wonder why, but I also wonder how you help them overcome their own limiting beliefs. Big question. It's a huge question. <laughs> how do we overcome our limiting beliefs? It's actually something that I work on a lot with when I'm coaching clients. Um, identifying beliefs that, uh, so, you know, we would start probably with what are some of those limiting beliefs and start to unpick how are those beliefs, where, how are they serving? I wouldn't be interested in necessarily where they've come from. Mm-hmm. I would be interested in how are they serving us right now and how are they not serving us? Because sometimes we're believing them because they're serving us for a purpose. They're helping us in some way, but more often than not, those beliefs won't be serving us. Mm. Um, So starting to unpick that, um, you know, almost like what are the pros and cons of having this belief here Mm -hmm. um, right now that I can't achieve this or that one of my limiting beliefs was that I'm not very good at sales. Um, you know, I was, I had to, I have to, you know, I run a training consultancy. I have to, you know, find clients and, Mm -hmm. um, how, you know, so what's a more helpful belief, um, and starting to unpick what would be a better way of seeing this? What, what are my strengths? Mm -hmm. Um, and what would be a new belief that would be serve me better? I think in, in some point in your journey, you probably not at one particular moment, but gradually, I imagine you started to build evidence within yourself that you could be a great kayaker. And I imagine that was over a long period of time, probably. There wasn't one day where you woke up and thought, fuck, I'm good. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I think um, that is a big part of where we get our confidence from is like mm. our past experiences. Yeah. So mm. whenever we do something, we we start to build a bank of memories. Mm. And when we're at the next situation that is similar, we can choose to draw on the bank of negative experiences where yeah. we cocked it up, yeah. or we can choose to draw on the bank of positive experiences where we succeeded and we did mm. it really well. And the trick is, to, and you know, if we, if we, and if we're not conscious about it, chances are we might pick the experience of when we failed. And then that's when we start to regurgitate all those thoughts and feelings of embarrassment and anxiety mm. and nerves and, and that doesn't help us. And that's like, that probably would then hinder performance. Absolutely. It perpetuates the, you know, the, the doubt and the, because you're reminding yourself of, oh, remember last time when you did Mm. it, you cocked it up and you messed up and you did this. But then you cock it up because you're thinking And then you cock it up because (laughs) you're, and we think in images. Yeah. And so when you think of something that you messed up, you're seeing yourself doing it, right? Mm. You're imagining it in your mind right here and now. Mm. And so the trick is to, to consciously recall the positive experience, the past successes. And if there's nothing in the bank exactly of that experience, there's chances are there's something similar. Mm -hmm. There's always something similar. Mm. And, you know, so I would work with clients to identify what are all of the successes that you've had, not just in that specific scenario, but let's, let's look at lots of different successes and then let's pick out what are the 
what are the attributes that allowed you to achieve those things? Mm-hmm. Because quite often someone will go, oh, well, I achieved that, but it was because the weather was good on that day, or I achieved that because my team, my team did it really. It wasn't me. So it's about starting to unpick, actually, what role did you play in that success? And what are the attributes that allowed you, your strengths, your attributes that allowed you to achieve that? Mm-hmm. And then we start to build up the bank of successes and the strengths and the attributes which we can transfer into any scenario. How much do you think people, and this is, I don't know why I'm asking this question because it's not quantifiable, but like to what extent do you, do you think people underestimate their potential generally? Oh, massively. Like, would you say like over 95%? Because I think I'd say over, I think I'd say people realize what like typically the average person realizes about 5% of their potential. And I only real, I only say this because again, I, like you said, I was a very normal kid from very normal, my parents bankrupt. Like we, I dropped out, I got kicked out of school, poor grades, everything. But this one thing I had, and I always say like the one thing I had was I genuinely believed that I was going to be where I am today. Just for no, with, without a ton of evidence, just genuinely believed. And in fact, the, the, one of the reasons why I believed it was be, not because I had any bank of successes yet, but I had a little bit, but it was actually contrasting me to my peers when I was 14 and thinking, I think that I have skills they don't. And I think that if these are the people that become adults, then I will have, I will always have that advantage. Um, so that was my way of like, and so when I my, cocked up my grades and GCSE and when school starts with that narrative that, okay, well, you got an E, so you're going to be in, have an E life. You're going to be broken and unhappy. I'm like, no, you're wrong. Like, um, so I get my, my so you were you were gathering evidence. You were looking at your strengths, which is part of the puzzle, right? Ah, so yeah, exactly. you may not have had yeah. the experiences and the evidence of the achievements and the certificates and Some all of that. I- but you, what's more valuable is what you had, is mm. the non tangible stuff. Yeah, because the, if we go through life only assessing our success on the tangible stuff. Yeah. Then our confidence, our self belief, actually, and they're two different things, will be quite fragile. Oh uh, yeah, I can I can see that because you're always assessing yourself against a trophy, or a trophy or society, mm. because you're compared to oh I got this award mm. against all of these other people and 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 I won this trophy and I went past this grade and I and it's always against somebody mm. else and, and a society rather than looking at the intangible attributes Mm. that allowed you to achieve those successes because that's what isn't measurable against society and is transferable to other domains and this is the and you're completely right and i've never actually thought about it that way before because i've always tried to figure out why at 14 i was convinced that i would be successful and 18 i wrote my diary i'm gonna have a range of a sport before them 25 i'm gonna be a millionaire from 25 achieved all of those things just knew i would but it was, pure, as you say, it was purely based on an, a, almost a, a strength audit or skills audit versus other people that I knew. And I thought, oh, th- those skills are really good skills and they'll take you far. But school is about tangibles. Like, and I would say a grade is a tangible. Yeah. So school says, okay, you got a, an E. So unfortunately, like it creates the impression from all angles, you're going to be poor. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to be that successful. But Timmy over there, who's got an A, he's really going to kill it as a surgeon. You know, and, and I think, so how you make it out, alive out of that system and still with your, you know, self-esteem and self-belief intact is remarkable. But I, and I think that what you had is, is better than the certificate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, because, I, uh, but, yeah. But, but what it does is it allows you to go 
this is intrinsic in me. Mm. No one can take it. No one can take that away. And my self-worth isn't based on a certificate Mm. and a trophy and an award. How do you give people that? Well, so you work on identifying those strengths. What are those strengths? We do this all the time. We work with clients on what are those strengths and where's the evidence of those strengths? And when they start to see the evidence of those strengths, well, you know, so I'm, I'm working with a client and, you know, so one of your strengths is being an authentic leader. Mm. Um, one of your strengths is building relationships. Where's the evidence of that? Look at all these people. What do do you do about weaknesses though? So would you highlight their weaknesses? I think it's important to highlight both. I think it's more important to work on exploiting your strengths. Mm. And I would, um, so we do a lot of diagnostics. We use behavioral profiling and all of that kind of stuff. And all of that will, will bring up both. And I think it's important to really be aware of your areas of development. But ultimately, if I'm sat on the start line of the world championships and I'm focused on my weaknesses, and mm. all the things I need to avoid, my confidence is fragile. Yeah. Chances of performing at best slim. And so in that moment, I absolutely need to have on the tips of my fingers what my strengths are. And I need to know them and I need to be able to exploit them. And I think the more you work on those, the better. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud, so you can access it from anywhere. And the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky, and it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head to netsuite.com slash Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode. You are always one decision away from taking your business to the next level. And a decision that's helped me to transform my business is moving over to NetSuite, who I'm excited to say are a sponsor of this podcast. If you don't know already, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. It's reduced IT costs because it lives in the cloud, so you can access it from anywhere. And the cost of managing and running multiple systems because it's in one unified business management suite. My team and I don't have to worry about tasks being manual and clunky, and it means that I can be more efficient and to focus on more important things like bringing you the best episodes and guests on this show. So I become one of the 37,000 companies that have already made the move over to NetSuite. NetSuite has extended its one of a kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head to netsuite.com Bartlett for a free product tour. Back to the episode. <laughs> 